Poet, novelist, and translator Justin Quinn has called Prague home since 1992. A professor of English at Charles University and the University of West Bohemia in Pilsen, the Irishman has lived in contrasting parts of the Czech capital, from Mala Strana, which we'll visit later, to the concrete jungle of Yizhny Miesto. But our tour of Justin Quinn's Prague begins at another old hut of his, Nusla. Specifically, at the foot of the Nuselske Skodi or Nusla Steps. So, why there? It's a fantastic place, and it always struck me um, as a kind of magical place um, from when I first encountered them.、Um, they're off the beaten track, not in the tourist trail, and there's quite a lot of them. They go right up the hill from Nusla, which is much more down to earth, and.、Um, Up to Vinorade, which is altogether a more elevated neighborhood, and you can't actually see the top of the steps. It curls around to the left as you're looking up. Frankly, it's so many years since I've been here, I forget how far up it is, but we can see in front of us, I guess, about 100 meters. How much longer does it go? I know how many steps there are, but I don't know how many meters it goes. It's 200 steps, because I used to come up here quite frequently with my son, bringing him up to school. We made the bad choice of. Putting him in a shkolka, which was up these steps. So it seemed very romantic at the start. And then when I did it three times a day, it got less romantic. You weren't carrying a pushcar or anything up these 200 steps? No, thank God. But I sometimes did have to drag him or put him on my shoulders. Also, I guess you know that there is some kind of a run that takes place here that I learned today in my extensive research. Began during the First Republic, the Nusla Steps Run. Well, today's a special day also because we can see somebody training for this run right here. He's got his、um, device on his arm to measure, I suppose, his heart rate, and、um, he looks like a fairly serious customer. I've never done the run, but I've I've had to run up sometimes to、uh, get my boy out of school. But that was about the height of it. And you used to live here. Was that your first home in Prague? My first home in Prague was out in Yizhny Miesto, in the south town, up on top of a panelak,、um, which was a real shock for the system. Coming from a leafy suburb in Dublin, this was actually our, I think, our third place. How would you characterize this area here, Nusla? I always feel because it's down the hill, it seems a bit kind of gloomy. It's a place I haven't lived, but wouldn't like to because it seems so low lying and kind of depressingly. Down. I really got to like the grunge while I was here, but in among the grunge, there's all kinds of other stuff going on as well. At the bottom of the steps here, we can see a very small chapel, which seems to be just for you know graffiti artists and、uh, junkies to shoot up behind and dogs to、um, do their business at. But I remember walking back here one Christmas, a few days before Christmas, and very dark evening, and the doors were open and they had it all lit on the inside from candles, and there were people kind of spilling outside, and it was this. I thought at the time a kind of secret sect,、um, uh, but it, it did have a sense of conspiracy to it. And it turned out later that this was the old Catholic Church,、um, seemingly actually quite new. They broke off in the 19th century. But so you got grunge, but you've also got this. And then on the left, as we're looking up, you have a robenka. I don't know what that is in English, but it's a country, an old-style medieval country house. I think it's、say? a timber-lined house. A timber-lined. That sounds pretty good. And but it's right in the middle of industrial Nusla. It looks、uh, like some place from the country, kind of mountain chalet or something. It's like as though Scotty beamed it down into the middle of Nusla with trains going by and everything. So you have all this this collision of different things going on in the place, which I became very affectionate towards. 
you didn't mind the trains running past all the time as they are now? Well, I remember one of the first nights we were in our apartment, we had a, uh, a Czech poet coming um, around for a drink, and he said, he heard the trains going by, and he said, I've always dreamed to live beside trains going by. So I thought that was a kind of stamp of approval. Did he say why? He just stared off into the distance of the night in this kind of poetic way, so I wasn't going to That's interrogate cheating. him. That's cheating. <laughs> well, I didn't interrogate him on it. I'm standing beside Grandad in front of a house with a facade painted in rich pink. This is where I'll spend the next 10 years of my life. Justin Quinn reads from his wife Teresa Limanova's memoir, Damicek, which he's translating. It explores her childhood at the second stop on our tour of the poet's Prague, a beautiful old house on Sporkova, an unusually quiet corner of Malastrana. The couple lived there from the late 1990s to the early 2000s. It was a house that was a fascinating place to live in because it had been rebuilt so many times and there were so many architectural features we just couldn't work out. And even when I asked my father-in-law, an architect, um, what this or that feature was, he just was baffled by it. It used originally to be a, a pavlach, a kind of a courtyard with small apartments in it, and that was covered in. I know that much, but we couldn't even trace back when the foundations were set. Sometime in the, in the mists of the 17th century, that's all we could get. Do you know anything about the history of the house? Who owned it prior to your wife's family? Yeah, we went to the cadastral office and looked up the previous owners. Um, my wife's grandfather bought it in the early 60s. And before that, it was owned by a woman for a few decades. Um, and it was in that family since the early 20th century. Seemingly, she had bought it as a source of a pension, that the, the people renting. And there was an old photograph, which now unfortunately has faded, of all the tenants standing outside. And, you know, it's a generous-sized family house, but there were about, like, 14 people or so. 14, um, yeah, about 14 to 15 people in about six apartments in the building originally. Is there a view of the castle from the back? From here we can't see, but is there a view of the castle? No. But what you do get to hear are all the gossip from the neighbours' apartments because there's a kind of an echo chamber around here. You also occasionally hear the trumpets for the changing of the guard up in the castle. Um, There was one particular couple who um, we would always just hear the man and he would shout rather loudly when he came home from work and it would bounce off the walls. He would just say, don't shout at me! And we would never hear his wife actually shouting. You left here over a decade ago. Has Malastrana changed in that time? Well, I think it's picked up a lot, and you know the renovations are really fantastic. We, when we left this house, the quantitative surveyors they said that they, after surveying the house, they said they did not know how it was standing up, and they brought they had scaffolding inside it. And um, when we saw the the girders and the, what are the, the beams, the, the roof beams afterwards when they were taken out, you could put your finger through them; they were like just dust, turned to dust in your hands. So somebody really needed to um, put a lot of money into it, which the people now have done, thankfully. And I think that's happened a lot in Malastrana in general. Malastrana is beautiful, but it's also a very touristy area. What are the, what were the practicalities of living here? Horrid, horrid. Um, going with, you know, a small child in one, uh, in one hand, shopping bags in your two other hands, um, it was very difficult to get through a crowd of about 13 very loud Italian teenage tourists. The frustration level was really quite high, I have to say. Do you know what these buildings are around us here? For instance, across there is, is it Humilitas? Yeah, that's, uh, that belongs to the uh, Borromean nuns. And I know that because my wife's grandfather worked closely with them in the hospital around the corner, uh, Pot Petrinem. And that now is an 
it used to be a home for the blind, which had the um, weird title in Czech and translation to English, home for people with only bits of sight. There are a lot of hotels around here, embassies. Do many regular people still live here, do you think? Definitely. Um, the house opposite us here, Ukamanika, is um, smaller apartments, and my wife is still in contact with some of the people in there. She was researching a memoir, and in order to do that, she went and talked to them um, about what they remembered about this house where my wife grew up, and more generally about the, the characters in the neighbourhood. So they, there is still the real Malastranyatse here. From Sporkova, it's a metaphorical hop, skip and jump, to the final stop in our trip around Justin Quinn's Prague, the Dobra Trafika newsagents and cafe on Karmalitska. It's a sunny evening, so we take a table in the small but very pleasant garden in the back. Well, it's kind of the cafe against which I measure all other cafes in the entire world. Um, it's put together in a higgledy-piggledy kind of way. The garden where we're sitting now is just a deck with a few bamboos around it and a few potted plants. Inside, they seem to have got the furniture from the four corners of the earth. The waitresses are always friendly. Um, the beer is just one of the best in the country, um, and especially in the summer evenings. Sitting out here until 10 o'clock when you have to, you're ushered inside because the neighbours are sleeping above us and it's only fair. But while it lasts, while you can sit out here, you can buy a cigar from the front, drink the primator. It must sound like I have shares in the place, but I don't. How did you first discover it? It's actually quite hard because it looks like a news agent's in front and kind of bookstore as well. And the name means good news agents. Exactly. Um, I cannot remember. It is lost in the mists of time, appropriately. But you would have to be brought here, I think, because I would never have guessed that in this part of town where there are a lot of tourists, that there's a regular place where regular people go with regular prices, slightly hidden but not very hidden. Well, that's the whole thing about these cool cafes in Prague, that they are hidden away from the tourist trade. Um, even in the old town, you have Literani Kavarna on Tinska. And, you know, I think you have to, you know, squint your eyes very hard to see the name of the cafe. It's as though they're deliberately keeping out the tourists. And it's a kind of apartheid that I understand that the city has to survive and keep its social life going without um, a huge influx of tourists. I found it slightly strange coming from Ireland that they have cafes with names like literary cafe. Isn't that a bit kind of bold or simple or intellectually pretentious? I, I similarly found it very bizarre until I was meeting a Bunchek poet here. We were talking about translations. I was working on of his work and he said, let's meet at the literary cafe. And I thought, okay, so it does seem like nomen omen. It is what it says it is. And happily, the owner of the uh, cafe, when he saw us there talking and uh, going out at hammer and tongs about the translations, he brought over two shots of very fine Slivovitsa for the poet and his translator, so um, respect was shown. Apart from Dobra Trafika, where do you like to go for a drink or for a coffee? One of the places I discovered recently um, through a friend is Bon Vivant on Bartolomeska. It's a cocktail bar. The guy who makes the cocktails used to run the London Cocktail Mafia, the Czech London Cocktail Mafia, and has come back to raise the cocktail level in the city. And he, Edward, I think is his name, is a pure magician of cocktails. And you say the beer here is among the best in the city. Where else would you go for a jar? Well, the classic place is Zlichasi in Nusla, which brings us back to Nuselski. They have about 32 beers on draft. They get the pick of the crop. One leaves rather at an angle to normal life, a little, little dizzy, but um, 
always there is a soft landing from an evening out in Zlitasse. You've been listening to My Prague, hosted by Ian Willoughby, and his guest this week was the novelist, poet, and translator Justin Quinn.